out to Walker. Walker away to Tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai. And Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a finals try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katara, the trick finish. Big Lazarus League. Hello and welcome to Big Les's League, an all-rugby league experience. I am your host, Big Les. Welcome to my 2021 season review. We're going to kick it off with the bottom three clubs, the Bulldogs, the Cowboys, and of course, the Brisbane Broncos. So let's get started here. We're going to start with the Bulldogs. Now, the pre-season predicted finish was 11th. They finished 16th. They finished Wooden Spooners for 2021, which was really unfortunate. Uh, we all thought they were going to have a good year under Trent Barrett, but as I've said, for these rookie coaches coming in, well, rookie, I wouldn't call them rookie coaches, for assistant coaches going to head coaching roles, I'm, I can see it happening with Craig Fitzgibbon, and I can see it happening with Jason Demetrio. With assistant coaches coming into head coaching roles, it is a hard job. It's a hard job for any any coach coming in and coaching a first grade side. It isn't easy at all. Uh, I thought Trent Barrett, uh, this is sort of a year for him, was a year for him, should I say, to sort of get used to the team and get used to the rosters. And I do this. I do see this happening again next year. I'm not saying there'll be the wooden spoon next year, but it will be a year that Trent Barrett is getting used to his rosters because he's got all these players coming in, don't you forget. He's got Josh Adokar, Matt Dufty, Tevita Pangai Jr., Paul Vaughan, plenty of talent coming in, Brett Naden even. He is going to have to get used to these rosters. He's going to have to test out different combinations in the halves, in the centers, on the wings, at fullback, try out different spines. It is going to be a year where he is trying different stuff out. Now, I know people are sort of against that. I know people are sort of against halves pairings changing nearly every week, but that's what it's like for a new coach coming into the NRL. They've got to try new things out. And I think Trent Barrett is definitely going to be doing that next year. I can see him having another year where he is just sort of getting used to those rosters. So the Bulldogs recorded three wins and 21 losses, which is quite unfortunate. I don't think any club would really like those numbers, and especially the Bulldogs. That is really harsh. It took the Bulldogs until round seven to register a victory. They wouldn't taste success again until round 14. Their third win and final win was in 2021, came in round 25. Now, you don't you don't need me to, to point this one out. It's pretty obvious. That is a long time between drinks. That is a long time uh, to wait for a win. Round seven, another seven rounds, round 14, and then all the way to round 25 where they do beat the West Tigers by that huge margin, which I think is more disappointing for the West Tigers, but we'll get onto that later. Um, look, it is just really disappointing for the Bulldogs this season. But as I said, this is just Trent Barrett getting used to the rosters and he'll be doing the same thing next year. And then the year after that, 2023, you look out because the Bulldogs will be finals contenders. And I'm telling you that right now. I'm telling you that from the bottom of my heart because I know that the Bulldogs are going to be finals contenders 
in 2023. You give them one more year getting used to these rosters, look out. This Bulldog side is going to be coming in strong. We're not talking about next year, and we're not talking about 2023. We're talking about 2021 and the season they've had. In the salary cap era, no team should be this bad. They finished eight points behind the 15th place team, the North Queensland Cowboys. They were 14 competition points and 300 differential points outside of the top eight. As I said, it's it's just a bit disappointing for the Bulldogs. Uh, and look, uh, I do see them pl- playing a little bit similar, if not a bit better, next season. I think they'll be playing a lot better, actually, under with the new signings that they've got. But do not expect them to be top eight fanatics. Do not expect them to be this big finals winning side that everyone is making them out to be. It is going to be a year of them getting used to the rosters again because they've got so many new players coming in. I don't know how many times I can stress this. It is going to be a tough season next season for the Bulldogs uh, as it was this season. It was a very tough season. Obviously, with three wins, it is pretty disappointing. Um, the But let's just talk about Josh Jackson for a, for a second. The ever-reliable Josh Jackson, again, led the way for the Bulldogs this season. I think he's just fantastic, Josh Jackson, the things that he's done. Uh, unfortunately, he was forced to carry his side on his back far too often. Jackson averaged 113 metres per game and tackled over 96%. 96%. For a guy who's 30 years old, a lock forward, to be to be tackling over, 30, over 96% tackle efficiency and running 113 metres a game. This guy's putting in a huge effort for this team. Uh, don't get me wrong. This guy is putting a huge effort for this team. Uh, and he will step up again next year. And he will step up again until he retires because that's just the pl- kind of player that Josh Jackson is. He's just such a, such a workhorse, even for his age. He's just such a fantastic player. Considering the side conceded more than 700 points, that is an incredible individual stat, uh, which, is, uh, which it is just so good for Josh Jackson 130 metres. I just can't believe that myself. Um, The 30-year-old is absolutely ageless for me. Absolutely ageless. He's still playing big minutes every single week for me. He's playing huge minutes for a 30-year-old. And he's not one to stand out wide and and take a break either. He's in the middle. He doesn't go missing in games. He's one of those guys that doesn't take a backward step. And he plays that whole game for his team. Uh, and really, really puts in the effort every single week. Another guy I want to talk about here, he was a rookie coming in. I think it was just the back end of the season or maybe halfway through. Aaron Shoup. The young center was a real highlight for the Dogs in 2021, in my opinion. He debuted in round 11. So there you go. He quite early in the season. Actually, I, I pretty much thought it was a bit later. But round 11, he debuted. Uh, and he quickly established himself as a first-choice center option. Uh, he averaged 140 running meters per game in his 13 appearances and crossed over for three tries. Now, I think Aaron Shoup is definitely a center option for them in the coming years. The only thing that worries me, though, is they've signed Braden Burns and they've signed Brett Naden, who are just probably really underrated strike centers in our game for me. 
Braden Burns, fantastic player. He had some really good stints for the South City Rabbitohs this season, coming over to the Dogs. I reckon he's going to be fantastic for them. And Brett Naden as well. I think he hasn't played enough first grade either, considering he's such a talented player. And he pretty much scored every game he played for the Penrith Panthers. So I do expect to see a bit more of Brett Naden as well. The Doggies did manage to end their season on a high with their biggest and best win of the season. As I said before, 38-0 win over the Tigers. Um, which again, it's just disappointing for the Tigers. But as I said, <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself a bit in this one. We will get to that a bit later. Uh, wins over the Sharks and Dragons rounded out their season in terms of competition points. There were three highlights among an absolute mountain of losses, which is just really unfortunate for the Bulldogs. I think personally, um, yeah, they are one to watch for sure for me. Personally, I think we have to wait until 2023 to see the best of the Bulldogs. Next year for me is just going to be that year, as I said, Trent Barrett having a look at what he's got. Trying out different combinations here and there. Maybe a bit of Avarillo and a Burton in the centres. Then maybe, uh, sorry, in, in the halves. Maybe Avarillo and Burton in the halves. Then a bit of Kyle Flanagan. We'll try him out, see what we're working with. And personally, I think Kyle Flanagan's going to play a bit more games. I was just looking at his contract as well. He's getting paid a lot of money and he's playing a lot of reserve grade. So unless you want to let this guy go, you've got to put him in the starting side for me and you've got to let him play footy. You've got to let him get used to playing in the halves in first grade instead of just keeping him in reserve grade and trying out all these different halves combinations, which is what they'll be doing next year. I think the Bulldogs will be trying a lot of different combinations in a lot of different positions. For me, if I'm picking halves with a gun over my head, there's two guys I'm picking right now, and these guys I'd solidify for most, if not all, of the season. And that is Matt Burton at halfback. I think that he is a great game-managing half, just what I've watched for him in the Jersey flag uh, and in the New South Wales Cup. I think he's a very good game-managing half. And he really, really, really uh, has a huge voice on the field. You can even see it. There's videos of him yelling at players. And he's only what... 20, 21 years old, and here he is yelling at everyone, uh, giving out and barking out orders. He was fantastic when Nathan Cleary was out with that shoulder injury, in my opinion. I think he really, really stood up and played some of his best footy there as well. But he was one of the best centres in the comp. It was the Dalyham Centre of the Year, which is a scary thought of him going to the Bulldogs. So, I'll talk about that in a second, but what I'm finishing off what I was going to say, for me, if I'm picking halves for the Bulldogs now, it is Matt Burton and it is Jake Avarillo at 5'8". Now, I think those two will complement each other really well just because Matt Burton, as I said, is a really good game-managing half and plays a really calm game of footy when he's in the halves. In the centres, it's totally different. He's extremely off the cuff in the centres, but you have to be. That's what a centre is. A centre is basically built to be off the cuff. Um, but then as soon as he moves into the halves, I've noticed that he's a quite a really calm game-managing half. Everything happens around him, and his kicking game is just superb as well. And then Avarillo, that will just unlock him to play some of his his best footy, in my opinion. He will play a really nice brand of footy. Uh, and as I said, they will complement each other really well. But 
in saying that, I think Kyle Flanagan needs to play a bit of footy or be released. If they're not going to use Kyle Flanagan, he's too good not to be used. I think he needs to go. And that is just my opinion. Um, but look, then again, Kyle Flanagan, Matt Burton, or Kyle Flanagan and Avarillo, even Kyle Flanagan and Burton would complement each other really well. Um, uh, and that's just my opinion. I think uh, Kyle Flanagan is actually known to play a little bit off the cuff as well uh, in, in some games. Uh, well, Kyle Flanagan is, has a, a little bit of structure. We saw that when he was at the Roosters alongside Luke Keery. Um, but yeah, Kyle Flanagan can play a bit off the cuff as well. So I think Burton would really complement anyone well, but Burton's at half for me, uh, at halfback in my opinion. And then whoever is with him at 5'8 can just play their footy and play whatever style they really want, to be honest, because I think Burton is that game-managing half. And in saying that, there is going to be a lot of pressure on Matt Burton next season to get the team a few more wins. Uh, and then talking about Matt Burton as well, which is what I was, ta- I was talking about this before. He was the center of the year, Dalliam's center of the year, going to a new club and then transitioning back into the halves. Now, I get it. He's played a lot of games in the half halves of this season. Obviously, with Cleary being out, he was playing a lot of 5'8", um, alongside Jerome Luai. But, and this is, and I was saying, he's played a lot more of this season and a little bit of last season as well in the centers. And he is probably the best center. And then Trent Barrett has signed a lot, and I mean a lot, of centers, rookies, and uh, some of the older guys. So it is going to be a, it's going to be a hard time for Trent Barrett. He's going to really sit down. He's really going to have to look at his roster. And I can't wait to see what happens with the Bulldogs in 2022. That was your 2021 review of the Bulldogs. Now let's go on to the Cowboys. Preseason predicted finish was 10th. They finished 15th. They recorded 7 wins and 17 losses. My opinion of the Cowboys changed 3 times for me this season. After a month or so, I wrote them off. They were were playing their best footy. As the the Cowboys sort of entered round 13, um, they they looked really good. I actually had them as top 8 favourites for me. I I was just thinking, wow, they're playing some really good footy. I would not be surprised to see them in the top 8 and... After Origin, they were just awful, and, and there wasn't really another another way to put it. They were just shocking. Like the teams they were competing with weren't even top eight teams. It was a hard game for them versing the St George Illawarra Dragons, who were also quite shocking this year. Um, I I look, it, it is ultimately too many of the Cowboys stars underperforming, uh, and Tom Todd Payton didn't really have much of the answers for the Cowboys, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Todd Payton next year as well, obviously with a few new guys coming into that squad, the likes of Chad Townsend, um, and just trying to figure out how this team is is going to look, to be honest. I think losing Michael Morgan was a huge, huge blow 
for the the, the Cowboys because they just looked like they lacked that structure. They lacked. They just lacked the game that they play when Michael Morgan is in the side. I think Michael Morgan has a huge impact on the Cowboys, and it was really unfortunate to see him retire. Uh, but he did. It was a fatal blow for the Cowboys after he was gone. It just didn't look right. Um, how is this for a stat, by the way? How is this for a stat? Only four players were named in the same position in round one to round 25. It was Kyle Felt. He was always on the wing. Jordan McLean in the front row. Reese Robson at hooker. And Jason Taumalolo at lock. Other than that, p- positions were changing pretty much left, right, and center. I know Jason Taumalolo, I think he did have one one or two games in the front row. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't really moved to the bench or anything in most games. I think he was actually moved to the bench. I'm not sure about this one, but that's just what I have written down in my notes, just looking at stats from different websites. Um, but still, that is pretty shocking. And if and if, and I'll, if I'm right and Jason Tamalo has moved, it's even more shocking because there's only three players that have really stayed in the same position all year, which I think is just stupid. I think Todd Payton really needs to sit down. It's going to be similar to what Trent Barrett's doing, what we were talking about before. He needs to sit down, say, right, this is my roster. This is my 30-man squad. I'm rounding it down. Now I'm going to round it down into my top 17 players. And out of those 17 players, these players will be starting all year, and these players will be on the bench. If I change my mind, I change my mind, but I want to solidify a team and keep it that way and let them play footy so they can ease into the game. It is going to be really hard for a guy like Todd Payton if his team is getting chopped and changed every single week. Now, the Hammer had an absolute wow of a season. He was fantastic. Uh, Hammer, so tell you why, Absolutely loved watching him play. This season saw him take over the Cowboys' fullback role as well as make his Queensland origin debut, which is just fantastic. It's an awesome. It was an awesome year for the Hammer. If there's any ups for the Cowboys, I think it is the fact that Hammer has solidified his spot in the starting team, whether that is at a fullback or on the wing, which is actually where I prefer him, to be honest. Um but fullback, he does play quite well as well, and he's quite explosive there as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him in that number one jersey come 2021. His 2020 performance made it clear that he would be a star, but the speed start took it to another level in 2021 and is now a genuine rep quality back. And I totally agree with this. I think that... The likes of like the likes of Hammy So Tabby Wifado, he's just such a great quality back. It is just impossible not to have him in your side. And I think he is gonna have an exceptional 2022. And it is gonna be really interesting how this backline sorts itself out in 2022. Now just back on the hammer for a second, it was eight tries and thirteen line breaks in thirteen games, which was huge. 
And I reckon he's going to score like 10 times that many tries next season. He's going to be fantastic. Now, if there's another guy that had a big season for the Cowboys, I'm going to talk about Cohen Hess for a second. The former Origin wrecking ball was just fantastic. He was unbelievable this season. He played a bit of front row, a bit of lock forward, a bit of back row. And in all three, he performed to the best of his ability, in my opinion. I thought he was sensational for the Cowboys. And I think that he was definitely one of the top performers of 2021. And I think that just based off his form this season, I really hope that he has a great season in 2022. But let's talk about some of the rookies that have come through. Some of the rookies that have come through this season. Murray Talongi. He plays in the centers. He plays on the wing. I think he's a really explosive center slash winger. And I won't be surprised to see him in the starting side next season. Another guy that is a rookie that has come through for the uh, Cowboys uh, is Jeremiah Nanai. He's a fantastic quality player as well. Dejan Arcee. Halfback, 5'8", fullback, really fantastic player. Can play a bit of center as well. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him coming off the bench maybe next season. Helen Lukey was fantastic. Really great quality back rower. Mitchell Dunn can play back row, but also a bit of 5'8", as well. Big body, great player. And Griffin Nemi, fantastic this season as well. So a lot of rookies have come through. Uh, from the unders, and by unders, by the way, let me clear this up, by unders, I mean reserve grade, so uh, whether that's Jersey flag, whether that's uh, New South Wales or Intrust Super Cup, that's what I mean, unders, so a lot of players coming from the unders, and will be fantastic in 2022, in my opinion, and I think we'll see a lot more rookies be coming through, coming through for the uh, New Zealand, uh, not New Zealand, what am I talking about? The North Queensland Cowboys next season. Reese Robson, he just screams representative quality for me. There's one guy that I think will be in this squad for the Queensland Maroons next season. It is Reese Robson. I think he plays Maroons. He might even play New South Wales Blues. I'm not too sure about that. I'm going to have to look it up. But he just screams representative quality for me. He's really fantastic and He's such a such an X factor player as well, uh, which was really which is I think what the Cow, the Cowboys do need they need that dummy half that's a bit of X factor. They've got Granville as well, which is uh, going to be interesting to see where he goes and where he plays next season. Uh, and then two stars without positions: Valentine Holmes and Jason Taumalolo. Now this is the part that's a bit confusing for me. You gotta let Taumalolo just play footy. You just gotta let him play his footy because it is not okay to be letting a guy like Jason Taumalolo just what? Just play a bit of prop, come off when he's not even tired. You gotta let Taumalolo play his footy. And and the and the coaches before him, Paul Green, used Taumalolo perfectly. You put him at lock forward and you don't take him off until he tells you to take him off. You let Tao Malolo play his footy. That's what you do with Tao Malolo. And Valentine Holmes. Valentine Holmes. A million dollar fullback and you're putting him in the centers and moving him around nearly every game. He's a superstar fullback. He's a superstar winger. You put him in either one of those positions. You don't move him around all season. Solidify a season a position for him. 
you keep Jason Taumalolo in that 13 jersey and you take him off when he tells you to take him off as well. No disrespect to Todd Payton, by the way. I think he's a great coach. I personally would never be able to coach. Um, but look, Taumalolo, like, you just got to let him play his footy. I don't know how many times I can say it. You just got to let him play his footy. You got to solidify a position for Valentine Holmes. They're on a combined two million plus contract. A superstar fullback and a games one of the game's most elite thirteens. You do not move them around, and you do not. You definitely do not take Tamalolo off after twenty minutes when he's not even tired, when he's ripping and tearing. This is a guy that. This is a guy that last 2020 season, 2019 season, was running 300 metres in some games. 300 metres for a lock forward. You just got to let this guy play footy. That's just all I'm going to say about that. That is the Cowboys review. All in all, I think that the Cowboys just had a bit of a shocker uh, and they really need to revive themselves from that. And they've got some great talent to do that as well in 2022. Moving on to the Brisbane Broncos, and this is the last one I will do for today. The Brisbane Broncos. In the preseason, predicted finish was 16th. They were, they were predicted to finish last, again. They were predicted to be the wooden spooners of the competition yet again. They finished 14th, which isn't that far off. But then again, for a season that they finished quite low on the ladder... They played some good footy, and there were some good signs, some really good signs. I will get into that in a second, but they had seven wins. They had 17 losses. Now, the Broncos entered 2021 a short-priced favorites to defend their 2020 wooden spoon. They managed to play slightly better than that, and I and I can agree with that. They played slightly better than what they uh, than what they were. <laughs> predicted to do and that was finished 16th 2021 wasn't the best season for the Bulldogs on in my uh, for the for the Brisbane Broncos in my opinion Jesus Christ I'm losing track of what I'm saying it wasn't the best season for the Brisbane Broncos on the field they finished 14th and missed the finals by three wins and a massive point differential they played quite well for most games and were quite underrated this season, even though they didn't they did finish so low on the ladder. It wasn't a good season, but it wasn't a terrible one for me. And look, teams that finished 14th, you would say they had a terrible season, they had a shocker. The teams the two teams before them, I can tell you right now, have had a shocker. But the Brisbane Broncos, there were some really good signs. Really good signs of a 2022. They played some really great games on the back end of this season, especially. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you right now that they're a team to watch in 2022, the Brisbane Broncos. Definitely a team to watch. Very underrated this season for me. Very underrated. Uh, good recruitment as well in terms of signings. The Broncos have landed some great players. They've added Adam Reynolds, Kurt Capewell, both in the grand final this season, both premiership winners, Brenko Lee, Ryan James, who, by the way, is a great leader and a great player, and Jordan Pereira, who I think is probably one of the most underrated wingers in the comp. 
We haven't seen the best of Jordan Pereira yet, and we've seen some pretty good stuff from him from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And the fact that he wasn't in that starting side blew me away. He's such a fantastic player, Jordan Pereira, and I think that is going to be a great signing going into 2022. Not one of the best signings, but a great one at that. Perhaps the easiest star player to name, Payne Haas, was an absolute monster for the Broncos in 2021. I'd go as far as to say he's now one of the top three props at worst. At best, he's probably the best prop in the game. 1,485 post-contact meters in 20 games. That's a fantasy football-like number. That's freaking crazy. Nearly 1,500 post-contact meters in 20 games. Take a bow, Payne Haas. Take a bow. He's probably the most difficult player in the league other than Tao Malolo, which I'm not getting in front of any day. of the, uh, No way I'm tackling either one of these guys. But Payne Haas, he is probably one of the most difficult players to tackle in the entire NRL. He averaged over 165 meters per game. What? What? 165 meters per game for a front rower? Look out for this guy next year. Holy shit. That is fucking insane. Recorded a ridiculous 68 tackle breaks per game. Well, no, 68 tackle breaks this season. Sorry, per game would have been fucking godlike. But 68 tackle breaks this season and tackled at almost 98%. That's pretty much nearly spot on. Like, that is nearly perfect. 98%. You may as well just give him 100%. 98%. He missed only 2% of his tackles this season. That's just crazy. Payne Haas, watch out for this guy in 2022. He is going to blow you away. He's already blown us away the past two years. Another guy that I don't want to talk about that blew me away, not as much as Payne Haas. Payne Haas is just, well, he's going to make me lose hair. If I, he's making him make me stress out. He is just fantastic. I could talk about Payne Haas all day, but I'll, I'll save you the trouble. I'll save you the trouble. Another guy I want to talk about is Tessie Neu. He started the season as a center and then grew into the, a first-choice fullback option for the Brisbane Broncos. And I think he's just so, so influential to the wins that they've had this season. He is just electric. One of the <laughs> one of the most damaging, one of the most damaging, and I'm, I'm going to say that right now, and you might not agree, but I definitely will say it. One of the most damaging rookies I have seen in the past two years. The things that he can do in attack and his and his ball playing uh, perception in his mind, the things that he does on the field is just unbelievable. He's always a dangerous runner, but has added a bit of ball playing to his repertoire, which I think is just going to be so great next season for the Brisbane Broncos. I'm telling you right now, I'm putting my money on it. Well, I'm not putting any money on it because I don't have any, but I'm putting my money on it. Brisbane Broncos, they will be a top eight team in 2022. I'm telling you that right now. They will. They'll be a top eight team. You can't have Adam Reynolds, Kurt Catewell, Brent Lee, Ryan James, Jordan Pereira, 
plus Payne Haas, Tessie New, uh, TC Rabadi, who I think was quite good as well. Um, Herbie Farnworth, who was just sensational for me, as uh, Selwyn Cobo, who's coming into the side as a youngster. You can't have all these guys. Tyson Gamble, even. I want to talk about him a bit later, but Tyson Gamble. You can't have all those guys and not be a top eight side. That is just the witch's spell, the mixture, the combination for a top eight team. So you watch. I bet you any money, but not realistically. This is all hypothetical. I have no money. I am broke. But I bet you any money that the Brisbane Broncos will be a top eight side in 2022. So Haas and Neu have been covered, but Herbie Farnworth and Selwyn Cobbo would be a huge centre pairing, in my opinion. I think Tessie Neu, he keeps that fullback spot next season. I'd shift Cobbo into the centres. He'd be fantastic. And I'd put Herbie Farnworth uh, also in the centres. I think Herbie Farnworth's season was quite underrated as well. I think he was a really good strike center. Some of the things I've seen him do are fantastic. I'm pretty sure he represents England in that World Cup series. So I think that he is just going to be unreal. Unreal in years to come. And next season, he is a player to watch for me. Herbie Farnworth, and as well as that, Selwyn Cobbo. He was unbelievable in that intra-Super Cup grand final. And in the games that he did play for the Brisbane Broncos, he was quite unbelievable as well. So definitely those two players to watch, plus Haas, plus Neu, uh, plus all the other guys that I've talked about. Definitely a team to watch, and they will be in the top eight for me. My only question about the Brisbane Broncos, is Kevin Walters the answer? Is Kevy the answer, I will let you guys figure that one out. I just want to pose that question out there. Is Kevy the answer for the Brisbane Broncos? And I do think he's under a bit of pressure next season just because of the, the past two years, obviously 16th and 14th. And we've seen it with a few coaches now that the NRL will just not give them a break and clubs will just not give the coaches a break and I'm willing to suck anyone at any time. So I do think Kevy might be under a little bit of pressure. Is he the answer? I don't know. But I do think either way, the Brisbane Broncos are a top eight team next season. Well, that is part one of your season review. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Next one, I will be doing the next teams, which will be the Tigers, the Warriors, and the Dragons. So stay tuned for that one. It's going to be an absolute ripper, just like this one was. Thank you for choosing Big Lazers League and all rugby league experience. Really hope you enjoyed this one. Recommend this podcast to a friend, and I will see you guys in the next one.